0: Indiana lawmakers taking a final vote on the abortion bill. We'll have the latest from
1: the State House and hear from people on both sides of the issue. Plus, lawmakers react to the sudden and tragic death of Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Wilarski. We'll talk with state rep Bob Baining, who served with her in the State House. Plus, after a busy week in Congress, we'll hear from Senator Todd Young and talk with his opponent Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott. It's all ahead right now on this week's edition of In Focus. Two very consequential stories we're following this week, including the tragic and stunning death of an Indiana congressional representative, Jackie Walarsky, killed in a crash this past week in northern Indiana. We'll have more remembrances coming up. But we're also following the latest developments on the abortion ban passing the House as the special session winds down. Our Kristen Eskow has the latest.
2: The Senate approving the House version of the bill sends it directly to the governor's desk, but otherwise it would go to conference committee. The House approved a change to the definition of the mother's health exception, which now includes situations when reasonable medical judgment dictates that performing the abortion is necessary to prevent any serious health risk to the pregnant woman or to save the pregnant woman's life. The other exceptions in the bill involve cases of rape, incest, or lethal fetal anomaly. That's when a condition will likely lead to the death of the baby within a month of birth. Other than those exceptions, the bill bans abortion at all stages of pregnancy. Lawmakers also adjusted the deadline for rape and incest survivors to get an abortion. It would now be 10 weeks post-fertilization, regardless of age. And they would no longer be required to sign an affidavit ahead of the abortion. Lawmakers also removed the provision that would have allowed the Indiana Attorney General to prosecute violators when the county prosecutor refuses to do so. We heard from lawmakers on both sides of the issue. I think we have to stop calling ourselves pro-life if it only means we have a priority list on life. For roughly four hours Friday, Indiana House lawmakers passionately debated the proposed abortion ban, with Democrats and some Republicans emotionally urging their colleagues to vote no. And I'm here asking you to not roll back the clock on Hoosier women. Others encouraged lawmakers to pass the bill. And in that instance, when I saw a heartbeat, I couldn't believe that I ever felt like it would be okay
3: to kill that child.
2: After the vote, I asked House Speaker Todd Houston about the opposition the bill has faced from both Hoosiers who support abortion rights and
4: anti-abortion groups. I understand there's a wide range of opinion. You heard it today. You heard it from uh, members that thought we went too far to members that we thought went we didn't go far enough. And uh, credit to, to Wendy and, and what she did and her leadership to get us, I think, to a really good place.
2: Meanwhile, Democrats hope the issue mobilizes voters in November.
4: It's just been great to see uh uh, folks engage and that that's what you have to do i mean uh people have to vote they have to get to the polls this november and vote make their voices heard this
2: is a contentious issue Um, it's an emotional issue and we want to make sure that we're
5: exceptionally thoughtful as we go through the entire process i think this will have so many horrible unintended consequences for women and their families in our states and i urge you to vote no
2: if the bill becomes law, it goes into effect in mid-September. Now, lawmakers on Friday also approved an inflation relief plan, which includes a $200 tax refund for all Hoosier taxpayers. That was the reason the governor had called this special session in the first place. At the Indiana State House, I'm Kristen Escal.
1: All right, Kristen, thanks. A lot of reaction Friday as that bill passed the House. We spoke with Beth White, who's with the Indiana Coalition to End Sexual Assault.
4: I would say that today is a sad day. For women in Indiana. Uh, we are, we've are. we been watching carefully with the process. I've been over to testify. We've been meeting with legislators individually. We've prepared um, facts and information to provide. We've been trying very hard. But at this point in the process, we don't hold out much hope that there will be a change or a, or a broadening of the time for rape and incest victims to get the help and medical care that they need. We're very disappointed. Uh, i suppose it's possible that the governor could um, veto this legislation but we are not hopeful
1: meantime we heard more pushback from the business and tourism community this week the Indy chamber called on lawmakers to hold off on the bill and we also heard from organizers of the gencon convention speaking out against the legislation reproductive rights are human rights and that we support a woman's right
6: to choose
5: the gaming crowd is a pretty progressive group and we all pretty much wholeheartedly support bodily autonomy so the fact that Gen Con is taking a stand and saying that we aren't going to put up with this. We do support our um, patrons and all of that. is uh, It's heartwarming. We
4: have a recovering tourism workforce that needs groups like Gen Con continuing to meet here in Indianapolis. We are committed here through 2026. We do have to think about what this means beyond that. And of course,
7: we would have to look at what it means for, for the period up until that time.
1: Okay, let's bring in our panel right now. Mike Murphy, Robin Winston with us here in studio today, along with Laura Wilson from UIndy and Greg Weaver from our partners at the Indianapolis Business Journal here on Zoom. And Greg, I'll start with you. This week we're hearing from Gen Con, hearing from the Indy Chamber as well. The business community in Indianapolis starting to make its feelings known on this bill a bit more than they have so far. Is that at all reminiscent of 2015 with RIFRA, when really kind of the biggest backlash against that bill from the business community came as the bill was passing and even after the fact? as it got signed into law?
4: Yeah, I don't see much comparison between what's happening now with, with this sort of trickle of business opposition uh, compared to what happened in 2015 with RIFRA. You don't see a huge corporate outcry uh, or backlash against this bill from some of the largest companies that matter. And that would be companies like Lilly, Cummins, Roche, and so forth.
1: Uh, Laura, what about the impact uh, of this vote in Kansas this past week with voters there rejecting uh, a measure that would have allowed the legislature there to consider an abortion ban? Uh, What were your takeaways from that vote there as discussions like these continue in Indiana and in state houses around the country?
5: It was fascinating for a number of reasons. Probably one of the most interesting things is that the rejection of the constitutional change was 58.8 percent, which is almost a landslide. Uh, But that was a referendum going to voters. And I should add that Senator Vanetta Baker and Senator Greg Taylor had suggested this as an amendment in the Senate in Indiana to bring it to a non-binding referendum. And ultimately that didn't pass. Uh, So, you know, if you bring it to a referendum, you're asking the voters themselves. I think Senate President Pro Tem Roderick Gray said it well when he said representative democracy allows the representatives to make those decisions. But the voters do have a say in election. And not surprisingly, we have one coming up here very soon in the next several weeks.
1: Mike, what's your reaction to that? Why why not leave this to the voters of Indiana to decide, even if in. Uh, an advisory referendum, is some I suggestion. would.
5: Well, first of all, where
7: do, you, where do you stop? I mean, in Denver, for example, it takes 250 signatures to get a, a ballot issue. I mean, then you just lose democracy altogether. Uh, I, I believe exactly what Roderick Bray said. You know, there's a difference between representative government and a pure democracy, which we do not have. We have a republic and people elect their
1: representatives to vote on their behalf and use their judgment. Robin, your, your response to that, and, and will this be a tough vote for, for some uh, who might be in districts that, that are a bit um, more contested than, than, than others as the General Assembly comes up for re-election this year?
8: Well, I was an advocate, Dan, of doing this type of thing early on, but it's very late in the process to try to do it now. We're about 90 days away from the real choice decision. And that is going to be the election on November the 8th. And I do believe this will have some repercussions in House and Senate races. And I do believe that you'll find people will be checking to see where their member was on this particular issue more than ever before.
1: We will see uh, how that all plays out as we move toward Election Day. Meantime, coming up, more reaction to the tragic and sudden loss of Congresswoman Jackie Wilarski, who was killed in a car crash this past week. Stick around. We'll be back with the latest after this. Two big stories we're following this week. The House of Representatives voting on Senate Bill 1 passing that near-total ban on abortion. This as lawmakers at the state and federal level paused to remember a fallen colleague, Representative Jackie Wilarski, who tragically died in a car crash this past week in northern Indiana. Flags were lowered to half-staff across Indiana at the White House and outside the U.S. Capitol this weekend, where Wilarski was remembered on the Senate floor this past week.
4: I for one am am truly devastated, I I know that Jackie loved the state of Indiana, she loved the Hoosiers throughout the state, Um, she had an incredible sense of humor, incredibly smart, so talented in, in, in many ways. One of the first great Hoosiers I got to know
8: on my own journey. She will be missed and our condolences to all of the families.
1: Indiana's congressional delegation issued this joint statement from lawmakers uh, on both sides, saying Representative Walarsky fought each and every day for the lives and livelihoods of Hoosiers in Indiana's 2nd District. She was a great friend and colleague to many of us in Congress, and her untimely death is a tremendous loss for the House of Representatives and the state of Indiana. This week, we spoke with several colleagues who served with her at the state and federal level, who spoke highly of her life and her career in public service. Jackie Walarski was born and raised in South Bend, and after a brief career in television, the Taylor University grad went on to serve her community in several different roles before being elected to serve at the State House, where she held office as a state representative from 2005 to 2010. In Focus, panelist Mike Murphy served alongside her in the House.
0: She was
7: somebody who took her work very seriously, and very dedicated to her work on behalf of the people of northern Indiana. Um, But she never made any enemies, which in politics, everybody makes enemies except for Jackie Walersky. She always left the podium with a smile and shaking hands with
1: whoever she was debating. After running for Congress unsuccessfully in 2010, Walersky was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2012, where she served alongside former Congressman and current Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita.
4: She's a fighter and she fought for all the right reasons and she fought for Indiana and she loved her work. And she loved people. She also had a great sense of humor, and um, and you can reach people with a sense of humor, and um, and she did. And um, and and that's what I hope to you know you know that's what I hope people remember.
1: Wolarski joined us on air in 2020, and again last year for a live town hall with Indiana's congressional delegation, focused on the pandemic.
2: I can't say enough about our health care workers who are our heroes and inside of every single elected government, how everybody's been focused on one thing and it's been, let's do this for our district. Let's do this for our state.
1: Now she's being remembered by her colleagues on both sides of the aisle as a public servant who worked to represent the people of her district. We're losing a leader. And let me just say we very much appreciated her willingness to be a part of those town hall conversations along with members of Congress from both parties who are all expressing their condolences this week, including more of Wilarski's former
0: colleagues at the state house. Our Kristen Eskow spoke with State Rep. Bob Boehning. Jackie was a very uh, committed uh, legislator, very committed to her district, uh, uh, very good conservative woman who had a strong faith and Uh, a very strong commitment to uh, work ethic. She uh, was uh, delightful to work with. Um, You know, she had a a, a background in media, just like you at one point in her life. And uh, she came to us. uh, So it's just a tragic story to hear of someone losing um, their life anyway. But so uh, suddenly, and then as I with the two young staffers that were with her as well that had committed their lives to uh, serving the people of the second district. It's really a sad day.
2: What was she like as a person?
0: Um, She actually was a very uh, kind person, very compassionate, um, always willing to uh, listen. She was a great speaker too, honestly. She was a very good orator and uh, was able to respond uh, very uh, to to a lot of the uh, issues of the day in a very effective way.
2: What do you think her loss means for the people of her district and Indiana as a whole?
0: I think it. Well, I think it's tragedy to um, for the people of her district. I think it also just shows us how fragile life is.
1: We heard from former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy earlier. He's back now, along with former state Democratic Party chair Robin Winston and. and... This was certainly stunning news, Mike, about someone that you served with there at the state house. Uh, how will she be, be remembered?
7: Well, I hope she's remembered as the happy warrior who had a heart of, of a servant. I mean, just several weeks ago, she finished working on an emergency refugee uh, passport, if you want to call it that, a family in East Africa in hiding because they're afraid they're going to be killed by the government there. She got them all set up, despite the fact that the State Department said it could take two years. She got involved, waded into it, got them all their emergency documents, and they will soon be here in Indiana starting a new life in America. And sadly, that family will never get to know the lady that saved their lives. One of
1: her very final acts there. Um, Robin, you know, politics can certainly be a a, a cruel business, but the reaction, uh, no doubt, on both sides has been somber and, and, and heartfelt this week, remembering not only the Congresswoman, but also the two staffers who were there with her in the car uh, as, as this crash took place. Uh, so much of politics uh, relies on so many people uh, behind the scenes who, who, who take our elected officials and candidates all across the state as they were doing.
8: I commend people all the time that devote their energy to public service. Uh, she lost two young staffers, one who was involved in Republican politics in St. Joe County, Uh, She was doing what so many of these elected officials do best, out serving the people. Um, Look at what the president said about her. She was working with him on hunger-related issues. And even her opponent, I communicated with him earlier this week, Joe Donnelly, who ran a very spirited race against her, um, he sent a letter uh, saying that he absolutely admired the way that she carried herself. So you respected uh, what you do on this earth and, and our prayers are with her family and with the staffers' families who were involved in that horrific accident. Robin and
1: Mike, well said. Uh, we appreciate it. All right, coming up next on this week's edition of In Focus, more coverage from the State House on the abortion bill. We're getting reaction from Senator Todd Young and his opponent, Tom McDermott, on the abortion debate. Also ahead, we'll hear from former Vice President Mike Pence, who made an appearance here in Indiana this past week. Meantime, in Washington, Indiana, Senator Todd Young has made a number of headlines in recent days. He was a big part of the bipartisan CHIPS legislation that passed Congress last week. He also faced criticism for his initial vote against a bill to help veterans exposed to toxic burn pits before ultimately voting for that legislation. We heard from Young and his opponent, Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott, on a number of issues, from those we just mentioned to the debate over abortion rights. Here's what Senator Young had to say about that debate playing out in the Indiana State House.
4: They may get it right. They may not get it exactly right uh, in the beginning, but I wanna support those legislators and state officials and frankly, everyone involved in these these difficult conversations. But my lodestar as a citizen of of this great state and and someone at the federal level who deals with these issues is to make sure uh, that we do whatever we can to uh, protect all life and to support women and children. And um, I'll make peace with and accept uh, whatever principled compromises our legislators and, and citizens have to make in furtherance
1: of that. Okay. Right now, I'm joined by Senator Young's opponent's, opponent in this year's midterm, Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate being invited. What's your response to what Senator Young said there in that call with reporters last
6: week, and generally to the abortion debate that's playing out at the State House? It's a radical departure from precedent, and my lone star, using the senator's terminology, is protecting women's civil liberties. You know, I'm 100% pro-choice, 100% pro-woman, and. If if you're one of the Hoosier women, the the 3.3 million Hoosier women that are upset about this, I wanna remind you that Senator Young confirmed three of the justices that voted to overturn Roe versus Wade. You'd vote to codify uh, Roe v. Wade if elected to the Senate? I feel like I'm a senator for the women right now, and I'm gonna be a soldier for the women, and I'm gonna be a pro-choice senator and that's gonna be my Lone Star. would you
1: put any limits on, on abortion?
6: Well, I mean, I, Roe versus Way worked, you know, and I don't wanna dive into the details right now, but that worked, you know, nobody was really happy. And I find as mayor that the best deals are often the ones where everybody walks away a little bit upset. And Roe versus Way wasn't perfect, but it worked for my entire life. And suddenly that's been thrown out the window. And that's and a radical departure from precedent. I don't think it's right that the Supreme Court did this. And I don't think it's right that what Indiana is debating right now. I think it's wrong. And I think women are going to rise up and be upset about this issue. And something similar that happened in Kansas is going to happen in Indiana.
1: Busy week there in the Senate with the climate and inflation bill. We'll have more with Young and McDermott here in the weeks to come. This week, we're also talking about former Vice President Mike Pence, who made an appearance in northern Indiana this past week to talk about inflation. But he also faced questions about the January 6th committee. Samad Bradley was there and filed this report on Tuesday.
3: Former Vice President Mike Pence in Hobart, Indiana, helping motorists pump gas, trying to turn the page from the bombshell January 6th committee hearings. Today his first comment since the committee wrapped up for the summer.
1: As I said, January 6th was a tragic day in the life of the U.S. Capitol. But I know we did our duty that day.
3: Despite testimony that the angry mob made it to within 40 feet of him and his Secret Service agents feared for their lives, Pence is not willing to condemn the actions of former President Trump. As he weighs a possible 2024 run for president, Pence has been crisscrossing the country, taking aim at Democrats. In June, he visited Chicago for a speech on the economy. Today, he appeared at Americans for Prosperity's latest stop, highlighting inflation during the Biden presidency. The group paid to temporarily lower the gas of a regular gallon to $2.38. According to AAA, the national average currently stands at four eighteen, a buck more than a year ago. Gas is trending down, 60 cents from a month ago, but Republicans blame Biden for inflation.
4: Two thirty-eight is because that was the price of gasoline the day that our administration went off.
3: In a statement, the Indiana Democratic Party called the hours-long gas subsidy a political stunt. Pence chases a headline, not a better future for Hoosiers, and it's why even Trump supporters no longer support him. And that was Taman Bradley reporting there from northwest Indiana.
1: This week, Pence also put out a statement after the tragic death of Representative Jackie Wilarski. Pence said Wilarski served Indiana in the state house and the Congress with integrity and principle for nearly two decades and will be deeply missed. Stick around. We're back to wrap things up right after this. All right, time for this week's Winners and Losers. Michael, I'll start with you.
7: Well, I think only room for winners this week. First of all, anybody who takes it upon themselves to serve in public office or be on a staff, Jackie Walorsky gave her life. Liz Cheney looks like she's going to give her political life in order to defend truth in our republic. So anybody who's involved, I applaud. Robin. Uh, it's Joe Biden,
8: I mean, look, jobs are up, inflation's down, we killed a terrorist, we, we took care of things in Kansas, we took care of climate change all while oh. he
1: was in isolation, by the way. right. Like, so, I COVID. mean, so that yeah.
8: tells you that uh, he's, he's a fighter.
1: Laura.:
5: I only have one loser, and that's Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist, was required by a jury to pay 4.1 million um, for perpetuating lies about Sandy Hook. This is a real problem in our country, and I think it's important that people recognize it. Greg.
4: I just have a winner, and I think it's Hoosiers who are in hope of receiving some sort of cash infusion from the state. It looks like they're going to get it in the form of $200 in inflation relief.
1: Another aspect of this special session that was certainly overshadowed by the abortion ban passing the House. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again next weekend.